0: welcome to the gap church podcast where we're filling the gap through freedom and the truth please enjoy this week's message Whew. thank you lord isn't god good bro god is so good all the time i love it um well how is everybody doing my name is dara Ropotusin, or you some people call me david um i see familiar faces i see new faces uh well this is the gap church if you're watching online or if this is your first time here Welcome. We are filling the gap through the freedom and the truth, freedom and the truth. And uh, thank you for joining us this Sunday. Um, if you don't know, we've been in uh, a series called From Grace to Authority, and we've been doing 21 a day, uh, 21 days fast. How many of y'all have been? Partist- I mean, you don't got to reveal yourselves, but <laughs> but how many of y'all have have been able to be a part of that fast? <laughs> Woo! There we go. There we go. Man, honestly, uh, I know a lot of people have never. Fasted like three days, so um, we're at se- day seven right now, and that is, that is literally only by God. That's a testimony. We got fourteen more days. If you have not joined, please. This this is the best time right now um, to join because we still got fourteen days. We don't want we don't want the uh, the latecomers. You know, on day nineteen. You know. <laughs> um, And we've been meeting here every single day at 6 p.m., of course, besides uh, Sunday, and it's just been amazing to see corporate prayer and see all of us just be in agreement with what God is doing in the Gap Church. So just make some noise for that. So yeah, so grace, from grace to authority, um, my brother Emeka preached a crazy word last week, (laughs) Jesus, Um, as we all were anointed for uh, this fast from going from grace to authority, and uh, I I was given the special privilege of course sharing, but like literally as soon as I was thinking about what am I gonna talk about, I literally felt it so quick come within me, which never happens. So, (laughs) um, but I just thank God for that. But before I just go into the deets, the details, Let's just share a quick prayer. So, Heavenly Father, we just thank you, God, for this opportunity that you've given myself and even your uh, congregation, God, to receive a word, to hear a word, Lord. So we ask that you just open our hearts, God, to receive, God. I pray that you speak through me, Lord. I pray, Lord, that it will not be in my own words, but of your words only, God. And I just pray, God, that uh, we will continue on this progression from grace to authority. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray, amen. So, as I was preparing for this message, literally, I was just, uh, like a story had come t- came into my mind like as I was you know just thinking about what I was going to talk about. and I remember I think my junior year of college, uh, there was a situation that, ha- that happened where I was playing drums at a worship night, and the worship night was amazing, and literally, you know, God moved and it was crazy, and I was walking because you know after see, this is a worship thing, but after you usually have like a worship night, you want to go out to eat because you know you just have the munchies for some reason, the good munchies. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> So, you know, it's just, that it's just one of those things, man. So I remember, you know, I was walking out because I was about to go to my dorm room to change so I can get something comfortable, and I, I had a friend or two friends that were like in the aisle, like, you know, I was just walking, and they were like over here, and she stopped me, and she was like, David, 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 and I was like, what's up, what's up? She's like, oh my gosh, you know, uh, we're just going to call one of my friends, Samantha. She's, gonna, she's like, Samantha, I think Samantha has just received healing and I was like, really? Context. Now, Samantha, I'll call her, literally in my freshman year, there's always, you know how we have orientation for colleges, right? Um, specifically, my senior year, the time I was supposed to go to my school for the uh, orientation, it was a snowy day. Like, it was, the day was just snowing. And I was supposed to go that morning, and literally, uh, my mom and dad were like, bro, we're not driving all the way to Tulsa, Oklahoma and, you know, some ice. Uh, so I didn't go, but she ended up going. Uh, And can you believe that in that journey, she had an accident where she lost her father and she injured both of her legs, like really bad, to the point that she could barely walk. Um, So for the longest of time, I'd always known her to either be on crutches or on one crutch or like kind of like limping because she would always have surgeries. She couldn't do anything like fitness-wise, and that's what I've always known her to be. So fast forward to this moment, you know, she's saying, David, 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 I think Samantha has healing. And I'm like, wait, what? She's like, yeah, like the pain, like she says the pain is going away, like she can feel her, like she can feel movement. And I was like, wow, like, thank you, Jesus. You know, like, that's amazing. Like, thank you, God. And then, you know, she says to me, she's like, can you pray on her to seal the healing? She said, can you pray on her to, like, like to just agree with the healing? And at that moment, I was like, oh, shoot. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, like, bruh, I'm not the one. Like, um, but you know, you're not going to say no. So, you know, I was like, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you, I got you, I got you, I got you. So I went and I, I just, you know, I touched the leg and I was like, you know, Heavenly Father, uh, we just thank you for healing on your daughter, blah blah blah. And it's crazy because as I was always praying. I just had a guilt within me. A guilt that do you really believe that this is actually gonna happen? Like, do you actually think like, you know, God did this? That's the first thing I started thinking. The second thing was thinking, what I was thinking was like, bro, what if I pray? and she doesn't get healing, I have to take responsibility for that. In my head, that's what I was thinking. Like, dang, I ain't, I ain't got the power. <laughs> um, but as I reflected on that moment, as I was preparing for this message, that stuck out to me because I, I literally felt as if that was a moment, and this is the title of my message, where I was in the middle of grace and authority in the middle of grace and authority. See, I, I've seen God move so many times. I've seen God do miracles. I've seen what God has done for, my, done for my parents, my peers. And I know that he's all powerful. I've read about the stuff he's done. But the moment I was tasked, not even to do the healing. I, I'm not the one that's gonna do the healing. Well, he's the one. The ta- I was tasked to just pray, to exercise authority I couldn't even believe and I started to lean towards grace. By God's grace, you'll be healed. By God's grace, this is a confirmation that, you know, God, she's going to be able to walk, okay. When really it should have been like, I declare, Heavenly Father, that this is healed in Jesus' name. But I believe a lot of us find ourselves in very similar situations where we are literally Because grace is not bad, I love what Ameka said. He said last week that grace is knowledge while authority is access. Grace is okay, but here's the thing, grace is the minimum. Grace is given to everyone, whether you're a believer or not. That's the minimum. And the truth is, when we're going from grace to authority, it's because there's a special call that God wants us to be able to, God is, he wants us to be able to have the authority, but the truth is that we just keep operating in grace. And at that moment, when I was praying, it's like, I know that you can, you can heal people. I know that you can finance this. I know that you can heal this, heal this marriage. I know that you can do all these things, but for some reason, I was, didn't really believe it inside. Or I kind of believed it. I was like, I hope that God can do this. And you know, as I started researching, I started reading the Bible. I started to think, who is somebody that you know kind of reflects, you know, this this you know this position of being in the middle? And for some reason, Peter stuck out to me. How many of us know Peter in the Bible? Simon Peter, Peter, uh, the 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 acclaimed fisherman. Um, you know, the one that walked on water, the one that was the disciple that Jesus would call, you know, hey, come in here, and he would do a miracle. And I wanted to turn to, uh, to Matthew 14, chapter, Matthew chapter 14, verses 26, because I, I think this is a great, a great imagery of where a lot of us are when it comes to grace and authority. Uh, just say here if you're here. If you're, if you're in the Bible scriptures, say here. I mean, it should be faster. Y'all got phones now, so. <laughs> um, but I'll read from uh, verse 26. We're going to read from verse 26 to 31, I believe. So, it says from verse 26. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit, and they cried out a fear. Context, basically, who is walking? It's Jesus. So, the disciples are, are walking, and they see Jesus They see just something on the sea walking, and they're, like, afraid, like, oh, my gosh, is that a ghost? Is that a spirit? But then it says in uh, verse 27, straight away Jesus spoke unto them, saying, be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. And I love verse 28, what it says. It says, Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me to come unto thee on the water. Basically, that's like saying, bro, if it's you, I'm going to go there. And I feel like that's a lot of us. We see Jesus in a situation, and we have the confidence when we see him, you know, in a situation, and we're like, okay, cool, we're going to go there because we know Jesus is there. But here's what's crazy. In verse 29, it says, you know, Jesus says, come. And it says, when Peter was, was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But verse 30, this is the crazy part. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried, saying, Lord, save me. I believe this is literally in the middle of grace and authority because we see Jesus in a situation. We know, here's the thing, prior to this, Peter had just seen Jesus feed thousands of people. So Peter is not a stranger to what God can do. Peter is not a stranger to the miracles and the signs and wonders. Peter knows that, yes, I'm about to do something that is beyond what the world has ever, like it hasn't happened, it's not been recorded yet. As somebody who's walked on water, Peter knows he's about to walk on water towards Jesus because he sees Jesus in the situation. But for some reason, the things around him catch him off guard and he starts to lose, he starts to sink. And I love, I love what uh, Jesus says in, uh, in verse, verse 31, he says, And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou little faith. Where didst thou doubt? Basically saying, like, you have so little faith, Peter. Like, come on. Like, bro, I was on the sea, you were walking on water, and you afraid of some wind? Come on, bro. And, you know, I started to think, for a lot of us, what puts us in this position of being in the middle? Because, like, reminder, grace is not bad. There's nothing wrong with being close, you know, on a side of grace. But what puts us in the middle? And the first thing that came to mind is that we have little faith, but a lot of fear. And I know when we, we say fear, we think of, you know, uh, Halloween and, I don't even know, but like horror movies or like things that just trigger us, like spiders, like that type of thing. But it can be the littlest of things. In that situation of me praying for the girl, the fear was my pride. Because I said to myself, Bro, if I pray this prayer and she doesn't get healed, it's on me. But it's not on me, though. It's not on me. And the truth is, that's what keeps us in the middle because here's the thing. Peter was on water and saw Jesus in the situation, but he was afraid of wind. He was was distracted by wind. And a lot of us, when we get into situations where we know that we need a miracle— We know that we need God to give us a scholarship, a new job, an opportunity. We know that God can do it, but it's like, you know, we don't pray the way someone with authority will pray. We will pray like, God, you know, if it's your will, um, just please just give me this job, God, you know, by his grace. There's people who have not been qualified for a job that you're looking for that got the job. And they're not even believers. Oh, you know, here's the thing. You're walk. It's like you're walking on water, and then, you know, you see the job opportunity, and it's like, okay. God, you know, I got this. And then the wind is literally people telling you like, oh, trust me, like people your, your color. I don't know, like they really don't, they really don't take people like that. Or you're graduating from college and your GPA is not the best, and the, you know they're telling you. I mean, the job is is great, but like, I don't know about your GPA though. Like, usually you have to have this qualification, this experience, this or that. But there's been people who have had less, no experience, who got the job. In this pandemic alone, we see testimonies of people who have no experience that are over here traveling the world, traveling cities and countries, or cities and states, and getting paid a lot of money because of just the fact of availability, of just the opportunity. And we're over here saying that, you know, God, you know, if it's your will, man, you know, just, if it's your will, God, just give it to me. Number two, what is another reason why we're in the middle? There's this human question that we ask a lot. Can he do it for me? Can God really do it for me? And it's a subconscious thought. Can God really perform a miracle for me? You know, it's very easy to pray for somebody else, but for yourself. It's easy to pray for somebody who is battling a disease. But the moment that you're struck with something, it's, it's kind of hard to pray with faith, to pray with, with authority, because in the back of your mind, you're thinking, like, I mean, I know God, like, I know, I know he did it for Sister Debbie, like, you know, but Sister Debbie prays like 20 times a day, and I don't really pray like that. Or Sister Debbie's active in church, but I'm just, you know, I am just come through when I can come through. So can he really do it for me? And I feel like the third thing that we do is that we always have a plan B. <laughs> we always have a plan B. I look at, all the, at most of the healings that happen in the Bible when it comes to Jesus, and it's crazy because a lot of times the people that come to Jesus for healing have nothing left. They have no other option. Blind for many years, bruh, just, you're my, the woman that had the blood, the issue of blood, it got worse for many years. She had no other option but Jesus. And the thing is that a lot of times, especially in our generation, we have a plan B for everything. I know it sounds small, but it's like you're asking God, hey, God, you know, an A on this exam but then at the same time, you're thinking like, but then again, if I don't get an A, you know, there's that extra credit, and then there's, there's that thing that, you know, maybe I can be able to have access to. Or it's like, bruh, God, I want this job, but if I don't get this job at the same time, like, there's that other thing that I can work here for like six months, and this and this. God, this is my number one school, but you know, I, I guess UNT, or I guess, you know, TWU, I guess I can stay local, I guess I can. I'm just being honest. We, we pray for a big thing, but for some reason, as soon as we start praying, we're already thinking about all the plan Bs. And guess what? When the plan B happens, we're just saying, you know, you know, it's God's will. <laughs> bro. It's like, I remember someone that was working here uh, with us at the church. I remember she was telling us all this stuff about how the, uh, the admissions office wasn't calling her back. and all I was like, bro, you already have it. Bro, don't, like you have the, the you, you're gonna get into the school, bro. You're gonna get the scholarship. The next week, she got the call that she was getting in. But the thing is that, imagine if you're praying a prayer for many months, years, and you have so many plan Bs already. Imagine praying for the fruit of the womb, but you're already looking at other options as far as, you know, science of what, and here's the thing, it's a human thing to do as, as as the the society evolves, there's so many solutions and so many outlets of solving our problems that God used to be the only one that can solve. But the thing is that when you have a plan B, literally it puts you away from authority because now you're literally, it, it almost, you're taking the faith aspect away from it. And you know, like I said, grace is not bad. It's not bad. But I believe as God's children, we're called to authority. We're called to authority. And I know in Acts 6-8, just to prove this, uh, you don't have to go to it, but Acts 6-8, I love what it says about uh, Stephen. It says that Stephen was a man that was filled with grace and power. Not just grace, but power as well. And a lot of us have the grace but not the power. And truly, when you have the power, like Omega was saying some time ago, it's not just to, to, to be healed, to, to receive healing, but to heal others. Yeah. It's not just to receive, uh, uh, to be amazing in spiritual, like to receive healing in spiritual warfare, but also to actually give healing in those spiritual warfare. We're not just supposed to be receivers, but also we're supposed to be able to, to intervene or, or be sending in the gap on behalf of people. And sometimes when we operate in grace so much, literally this is all we're ever gonna be doing. That's it. We'll walk walk like this. Really when we're supposed to be like, and that's the truth. And, you know, some of us are probably thinking like, okay, so what, how can I get closer to authority? You know, what, what does that look like? You know, and I think that the first thing that we have to do is, of course, have faith. That's just a simple thing. Have faith. In our society, like I said, there's so many things that make us think or look at other solutions in our problems, but the truth is be fixed and have faith, unwavering faith, unwavering faith. The Bible says in uh, Hebrews 10, 19 to 23, it says, be assured in your faith and, and let it not waver. Wavering means don't change, the, don't change like, don't let it like flicker. Let it be consistent. Like in this fast that we're in right now, some of us are believing for, for some things. And from day one, we had that list. We wrote the list down of all things that we want God to do by day 21. And we're on day seven, and we're kind of like, oh. you know, Mecca said a day seven miracle within the first week. <laughs> you know, Emeka was saying that, you know, we're gonna get miracles within the first week, and God, it's day seven. I mean, I don't need that much, God. It shouldn't waver. Your faith should not waver at all. Because here's the thing. When we're walking on water and our faith starts to waver, it's almost like saying that we don't really trust God. Like we don't trust, we don't, we don't trust what God can do in our situation. And number two, I think this is a really big one, especially in our generation. We don't know our textbook. What is our textbook? The Bible. The, the, God's word. You know, I always think to myself, imagine being in a class and, and you know, we, we have those people that we know that were students that like, bro, they read front to back of each textbook whenever they are coming in the exam. Oh, is there a pop quiz today? Please let there be a pop quiz today. <laughs> let there be a pop quiz today, please because I just read chapter 10 to 35, and then we have us, that's like, is there, thank you, Jesus, there's no more poison. Thank you, Lord, because we didn't read any of, the, any of the assignments or read anything, and that's a lot of us walking into warfare. <laughs> I want us to turn to uh, Ephesians 16, Ephesians 6, sorry, uh, chapter, uh, chapter 6, verse 12. Ephesians 6, 12, we're going to read 12 to 13 real quick, and then we'll read uh, verse 17. It says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Basically, that's saying that whatever battle that you're trying to fight, it's not on earth. And let's go to uh, verse 17, because this is basically talking about the full armor of God, this, this whole uh, scripture. It says, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So imagine so many of us are stuck in the middle of grace and authority because we go into the spiritual battle. We go into situations where we need healing. We go into situations where we need God to move without our sword. Imagine if you send your army out there with a weapon, just with the, just with the shields, with all the, the protection gear, but with no weapon. You're literally asking to just be attacked. And our generation does not read the Bible. We do not read the word of God. So when the devil comes, we're just like, you know, my God is good. My God is going to fight this battle. For, this is how I fight my battles. My... Like, he prepares a table. (laughs) Can't even finish it. Can't even finish it. You can't even finish it. Like, yeah, my God can save. He can do, can't even, nothing. Nothing, nothing at all. And the truth is, we, like, to get closer to authority, you have to know the word of God. Because when you walk into every situation, I'm telling you, when you walk into a situation where you need God to move financially and you can, pull, you can remember what God has said in His Word to back it up, there's a, there's a confidence that comes with it. Just like the person who reads the whole textbook and comes into class, there's an authority that they have because give me what you got because I know it. Give me what you got. Show me. Please show me what you show me what you want to do because I've the, I got the whole I've i read it all I know what the I know what the book says, but our generation does not read we read we read devotions more than the actual word. A lot of us this is what we do. We go on, on U version or whatever these things are, and we'll, we'll see that. It says, okay, the, 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 the source thing says Ezekiel, blah, blah. We don't turn to Ezekiel. Anyways, okay, so the Lord is strong and blah, 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 blah. All right, check my green mark. I'm good for the day. That's, a lot, that's what we do. And then when we're tormented in the spiritual, we're, we don't know what to – you're not using the, the devotion – because there's the thing, the devotion is just literally a summary and an encouragement or a challenge of what the scripture says. But here's the thing: when the enemy comes to us and he's asking us, What do you have for me? We have nothing but just, My God is good, my God is great. You know, I mean, Jesus died for me. When 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 Jesus was confronted with the devil, he used scripture, he used God's word. To, to fight the devil. He used God's word because here's the thing God's word does not go void. If you know that that is your sword, there is no, nothing. Like you're, if you walk into every battle with your sword, you have the authority at that point because you know whatever you say is God's word. And God is something that's gonna, God is someone who's going to protect you. The other thing I think that keeps us in the middle is because we, have, we haven't had an encounter yet. A lot of us have not had a true encounter with God because I believe that an encounter is an opportunity for us to receive access to, to the authority. And we, we know of God. We know of what he can do for us. We know all these things, but the truth is we've never actually had an encounter where we can actually... Be, be with, like, looking at him and, and, and receiving the access to go deeper into him. And, you know, we all hear about the upper room experience in Acts, but that was, you know, when you look at Peter, funny enough, it wasn't until that moment because Peter still went on to, to betray Jesus, and after Jesus had, had died, where was Peter? He was back at the fishing docks, back where he started. But Jesus came back, spoke to him, and said, hey, do not leave this place until what I have for you comes. They, they gather in the upper room, and the Holy Spirit comes there, right? And at that point, they receive power. And here's the crazy thing. I want us to turn to, to Acts 2, verses 17 to 21. Acts 2, versus, verses 17 to 21, because here's the thing. When you have an encounter with God, the way you walk changes. The way you speak changes. The hunger that you have, the desire that you have to know just changes. It just changes. And this is what it says. This is literally right after. This is the same Peter that was over here afraid of the wind. After that happens, it says, he says this. Doesn't this sound like authority to you? And it shall come to pass in the last day, says God. What is he doing? He's using the word of God. He's using his sword right now. That I will pour out part my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall pros- prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall shall dream dreams. What's next? 18. And on my men servants and my maid servants I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. Verse 19. I will show wonders in the heaven above and signs in the earth beneath. Blood and fire and vapor of the smoke. That is the same Peter speaking. That is the same Peter speaking. But the truth is, it wasn't until we had an encounter with God that he received the power to walk in authority. And to even affirm it more. Let's go to uh, Acts 3, Acts chapter 3, verses 2 to 7. Man, because this is so good. Because here's the thing. It's one thing to speak it and to walk like it. But it's another thing to actually act in the authority. And then it says here, Acts three two, can we go to verse? Oh yeah, that's fine. Yeah, verse two. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who enter the temple. Verse three. Who seen Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms, basically asked for like money. Uh, four. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, "Look at us." Next. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Verse verse 6. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. The same Peter that was walking on water, the same Peter that sunk, that was questioning and was afraid of everything around him is this same Peter that is walking in authority and is saying stand up and walk by Jesus Christ Nazareth what and to make it even crazier if you go to verse uh, 11 to 13 verse 11 to 13 of this same scripture acts 7 acts sorry acts 3 11 to 13 I want us to read this real quick so now as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, all the, people to, all the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's, greatly amazed. So when Peter saw it, he responded to the people. This is authority. This is what happens when you have authority. men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why look so intently at us as though by our own power, by our own power or godliness, we had made this man walk? 13. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. He's basically saying, bruh, it's not by my power, it's by his power. And that's what an encounter does, is that it changes everything about you. If you continue to read through Acts, you'll literally see that the language of Peter is so different. He's speaking the word of God. He is, there's healings that are happening. And the truth is you have to have an encounter to, be, to have that authority. You have to know the word of God to have that authority. Unless we will continue to be in the middle of it. When I look back at the situation, back on my college campus of that girl, Samantha, who asked me to pray for her. I think back and I thought to myself, what if I had an encounter back then? What if I had this authority and I wasn't just leaning on hopefully God can do something? And I don't want any of us to ever have that because in this 21 days of fasting, a lot of us have already been leaning towards grace. We wrote down, some of us haven't even wrote down what we want God to do because we're afraid that he won't answer. it. Some of us have, have wrote down certain things and we're starting to think that, oh man, you know, The deadline for this thing is like next week and nothing's happened. Or I don't know with the current climate that's happening in our country, I don't know if this thing can happen. But the truth is, you have to continue to lean towards authority because as his children, we are called to it. And here's the thing, if we all were to have authority, imagine the way, not just this Metroplex, but the city, the state of Texas would be changed. Imagine the things that your friends come to you, unbelievers will come to you, your friends in school or in your workplace when they have a problem that, they, that they're that they dealing with, whether they need healing, whether they need something or they're relieving because they know that you're the believer, right? So they're going to come to you and they're going to ask you like, hey, this is what's happening. You're no longer just going to think to yourself like, okay, sure. what's we'll you're going to declare because that's what we are. We're light in the world. We're light in the darkness. We're supposed to bring hope. We're supposed to be a reflection of Jesus in the society. And that is what we're supposed to do. But we cannot do that effectively without authority. We cannot do it effectively without authority. And I know there's probably two people here. There's one that is in the middle, like I was, thinking to myself, like, oh, man. Because it feels good to be in the middle, trust me. It feels good to know that God can do something, but also not really have to put all your eggs in one basket because, you know, God will somehow, you know, by his will, hopefully he'll, something will happen. And I think uh, I just want, just want us to pray right now, you know, because there's a lot of us in here that are literally in the middle. And I don't want us to go through this fast, this 21 days fast, siding towards grace, when really all this fast is for us to go to authority, like, we're supposed to be building faith each day. We're supposed to be building faith each day to grow closer, not to just God, but to the authority that he's given access that he he wants us to have. So Heavenly Father, God, I know there's some people in here, even myself, God, even looking back at that situation, who have been in, in the middle of this grace and authority, God. They pray a prayer, but They kind of believe that you can do it, but from this moment, God, I just want you to just open that door, God. Start an encounter within their hearts, God. Start an encounter as they even go home, God. I pray, Lord, even in this 21 days fast, God, as we have 14 days left, God, I pray, Lord, that the authority that you want for us, God, they will receive. I pray, Heavenly Father, Lord, that they will not reject the access, God. But I pray, Lord, from the from the way they talk to the way they the they walk, God. I pray, Lord, that it will truly echo what a child of God with authority looks like. I pray, Heavenly Father, not just that, but God. That the authority would be so much, Lord, that they will go into their neighborhoods, to their schools, to their workplaces, God, and be healing people who are broken, God. Be able to solve situations, God, that no one thought can be solved, God. They will look at certain people and say, they will look at them and say, wow, it's so crazy because every time we put this person on this on this project or on this assignment or we put told, tell her to do this thing for the job, it's it's like everything happens correctly. Everything excels. I pray that is that will be the, the, the situation for us, God, going forward. I pray, only, Father, God, even in certain situations, Lord, that we're going to encounter, God, that is beyond our control, that may look massive, God. You are a God that moves mountains. <laughs> you keep your promises. The, literally, the songs we're saying it today, God, that you will continue to do it again, that you keep your promises, that you reign, you stand forever, God. And it's only, we, we come with the confidence, God, in every circumstance that we're going to go through, Lord. Whether that that circumstance is going to be close to us within our family or within our peers or our coworkers, our classmates, God, I pray only, Father God, when we're we're in that situation, that situation where someone needs healing, God, that situation where someone needs a scholarship or job opportunity, uh, immigration papers, whatever it is, even ourselves, God, that we will pray knowing that it is answered. We will pray knowing that it is done. Heavenly Father, God, I just also ask that there's anyone here that has a wavering faith, God, or, you know, they they don't know how they can really do this because they've tried this before and and they try to act in authority, maybe on their own might, but nothing happened. I pray, God, that in this next 14 days, God, when they pray to you, when they declare certain things, God, I pray, Lord, that you will affirm it, God. I pray, Lord, that you will help their unbelief, God. That the faith will increase in these next 14 days, God. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Lastly, I know there's certain people that are watching or there's certain people in here that have not given their life to Christ. And truly, to have access, you have to be a child of God. So I just want us to bow our heads one more time. And we're going to all say this together. Repeat after me. Um, And if you're praying this prayer, I want you to text the number after all this. But just repeat this. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Help me to know you better. As I accept you today, take over my heart and dwell in me. Forgive me of my old ways help me to change into the person you want me to be i love you lord and i proclaim that you are my god in jesus name amen and everybody says let's go ahead and clap and give a a glorious praise to god thank you for tuning in to the gap church podcast we hope this message blessed you If you made that choice to give your life to Christ, congratulations, we celebrate you. Don't forget to text SAVED to 817-382-2244. Again, text SAVED to 817-382-2244. Thank you so much and have a blessed week.